Salut mes amis! Welcome to The Greatest Show on Dirt, Roland Garros. I'm your host, Krithi Sarov, and I'm an avid tennis player and an even bigger tennis fan. Together, we'll dive deep into one of the most prestigious and captivating sporting events in the world, Roland Garros, aka the French Open. The Greatest Show on Dirt will be your front row seat to the fascinating stories of triumph and heartbreak tennis players experience on the famed red clay, or should I say dirt, of Roland Garros. We'll also unravel the tournament's rich history, dig into both its iconic and chaotic and controversial moments, and anticipate what's to come at the tournament in 2023. So, whether you're a diehard tennis enthusiast, a casual fan, or have no clue who Rafael Nadal is, shame on you. You're in for a treat. Today, we will be unpacking some of Roland Garros' controversial and chaotic moments and incidents. The first moment that comes to mind is from 2013. I was eight years old, but I remember watching this on the TV. During the men's singles finals, which was Rafa Nadal versus David Ferrer, an all-Spaniard battle, a shirtless man ran onto Philippe Chatrier, which is center court of Roland Garros, holding a flame and wearing a white mask. The man ran onto Nadal's side and security quickly intervened and no one was physically harmed, thankfully, but a small fire did break out near the court and smoke filled the air. It was a very scary sight for the players and the fans and even for people like myself watching it on the TV. According to a CNN article, the man was part of a larger group called Printemps Francaise and this group was supposed to be opposed to gay marriage and gay marriage had just become law in France earlier that month. So while Nadal and Ferrer continued playing with Nadal winning in the end, These shocking and disappointing scenes highlight the importance of maintaining a safe and secure environment in events like the French Open. And overall, I think this really shows that fans should not feel unsafe at events like a sporting match that is supposed to bring people together to witness greatness. LGBTQ fans and players should not have to feel unsafe watching and playing in a tennis match. And the players themselves, all in all, should not feel unsafe and distracted while competing for the biggest titles this sport has to offer. On the topic of security and events, I guess the French Open organizers really haven't learned their lesson because last year, another person ran onto Philippe Chatrier during the men's semi-final match between Kasparud and Marin Cilic. The person who interrupted the match this time was a young woman wearing a shirt that said, we have 1,028 days left. That's very ominous. But the lady basically attached herself to the court and knelt down on the court before security had to come and escort her out. The woman was apparently a part of a French activist group called Dernière Renovation, and according to their Twitter account, the purpose of her actions was to draw attention to the climate emergency we're all living in, and that that and that in the future we may not even have a world where Roland Garros exists if we keep treating our planet poorly. 
So while I think that the message and what the lady was protesting for was important, for sure, 100%, the way in which she did it was very questionable. You know, Casper Rudd said that he was a bit scared, and I think the protester did shock the world. And that was probably what she was going for, but it really was not the time and place for it. I think that sports and sporting events are a great place to show solidarity or awareness for certain issues. And I'd love to see more tournaments themselves standing up for things or having even sustainability initiatives. For example, I know that the US Open has started to do a Pride Day where players and ball kids are given sweatbands with the Pride flag on it and LGBTQ athletes are given a platform to speak on their experiences. And I really think this is important and it'd be great to see more tournaments do this to find ways to advocate for causes. And it would be also great if tournaments can somehow get the people coming there and the fans to help advocate and raise awareness for things as well. And I'd love to see tournaments, not just in tennis, but in every sport do it because they are a great way to bring people together. So that would be really cool. Now I wanted to talk about the catsuit controversy. So at the 2018 French Open, Serena Williams, someone who needs no introduction. I think this is the first time I'm talking about her on this podcast, though, which is kind of crazy. But she stepped onto the court wearing a full-length black catsuit. It was strikingly similar to what a superhero would wear. And Serena Williams is indeed a superhero. Serena said that she felt like a warrior princess from Wakanda in it. And I love that. And to everyone watching, she did indeed look like a warrior. She was so she looked so strong and fierce. And fans and spectators certainly seemed to love Serena's fashion statement. But it was not only just a fashion statement, but her catsuit was multifunctional. Because after Serena gave birth to her daughter in 2017, she experienced some health issues and she had a lot of problems with blood clots. And her catsuit was designed in a way that would keep her blood circulation going. So, despite Serena's catsuit having life-saving functionality, the French Tennis Federation banned the catsuit after Serena wore it and implemented a stricter dress code. The president of the French Tennis Federation said that, quote, one must respect the game and place. So, apparently, this life-saving and rather fashionable outfit Serena wore was not respectful of tennis or the French Open. This ban sparked intense debate and ignited a global conversation. Tennis as a sport, and everyone knows this, is so heavily rooted in tradition. And there is a certain decorum or elegance that tennis has around it, but tennis needs to change with the times. This sort of need to uphold tradition is what makes tennis a sport that not everybody necessarily watches, especially in the U.S., like, not many people watch it. And unlike soccer or, like, basketball, for instance, which seem to have sort of evolved over time, tennis needs to do a better job of drawing in new fans. And I think right now, like, in 2021 to 2022 to 2023, like, we've seen that the tennis world is seeing the importance of of drawing in new fans 
And there's been the creation of a Netflix tennis documentary called Breakpoint, which I recommend everyone go and watch. And there's even been talk of maybe should tennis players allow, should tennis allow trash talk in tennis to make it more interesting. I think that the tennis world is seeing this need to change with the times, and I think more inclusivity is happening at tournaments. But Serena Williams' catsuit, it should not have been banned. My opinion, the Katsu controversy really brought to attention, however, the issues of dress codes, specifically for women in tennis. Most recently, I think last year, Wimbledon, which is a tournament notoriously known for, it's infamous, or it's famous, I guess, for wearing only white. Everyone has to wear only white. And last year, Wimbledon kind of implemented this thing where women are allowed to wear colored shorts under their skirts or underneath their dresses so that they don't have to worry about if they're on their period blood soaking through or blood being seen on their outfits and this way it can help these women tennis players to feel more comfortable playing not have to worry about their periods or anything like that so there is definitely some progress in terms of fashion and dress code on the tennis court as of lately, and the catsuit controversy really sparked and shed light on this and fueled this dialogue around women's empowerment and the importance of athletes feeling comfortable in their own skin and bodies while playing. So the last thing that I wanted to talk about in today's episode is the Osaka decision. During the 2021 French Open, Naomi Osaka, who I also feel like needs no introductions, she's like, the world's highest paid female athlete and she's just done so much off the court as well she has such a big presence that's not just in tennis but she basically made headlines when she said that she would not participate in post-match press conferences osaka said that post-match press conferences were a source of anxiety and stress for her and in an effort to do what's best for her, her own mental health said that she didn't want to partake in them anymore the French Tennis Federation fined her and threatened her with expulsion after she boycotted her press conference after winning her first round match at the 2021 French Open. Osaka then withdrew from the French Open and this sparked a global conversation around athletes and their relationship with media and mental health and athletes as well. I think that Naomi prioritizing her mental health was very empowering, especially because athletes time and time again are going out and competing being always in these very high stress situations and they have to do it like no matter what it's like a thing that they have to do even if they're going through a crisis or having a really tough and challenging day they have to show up and that's what they've been told to do and they have to go and compete so I really think that her deciding to withdraw from the tournament was a powerful move because we haven't seen a lot of athletes do that in the past, and Osaka really did set kind of an example or inspiration for other athletes to do the same thing, and we even saw Simone Biles at the Olympics that were held in July 2021 decide to withdraw from the team gymnastics final event, and and she did it citing mental health, and she wanted to prioritize her well-being. So Osaka's decision, I think that... There's two sides to it because when you're an athlete, you know, there is this sort of part of your job to go interact with the press and media and go to these press conferences 
And yeah, it's a part of her job. But I think this maybe shows that tournaments and sports need to reconsider how the media and how interacting with the public can really affect the mental health of athletes now more than ever, though, just because there's so much media, there's so much no social media, there's so much happening that in the past, this wasn't as big of an issue, like in the 60s and 70s. But nowadays, it is a concern. So I think that tournaments and sports really in general should consider are maybe these press conferences helping or more harming or are they helping or are they hurting athletes or are there different ways in which these tournaments can perhaps get media involved or are there different initiatives that these tournaments can do to help athletes and their mental health and this year the french tennis federation has instituted for the french open an anti-online harassment and hate speech tool that uses ai and I think it's called Bodyguard, and it's available to all players at this year's French Open, and it's used to protect them from online abuse, threats, insults, negative comments. And I think this is a really, really big step in terms of tournaments and organizations helping players with their mental health, and we see it from an actual organization and not just from an individual player doing things. So while what happened at the 2021 French Open from the French Tennis Federation side was definitely, like, it was not very progressive. I think that we are seeing some sort of movement, some sort of progression for since 2021, especially at the French Open, because they're the first Grand Slam to implement this technology against, you know, anti-cyber bullying, and it's really important for athletes who are on social media and have social media presence and are interacting with various people that can write harmful comments to them. And I think it's really, I'm really happy that the French Open has chosen to do this. And I want to see that hopefully other tournaments can start doing this and also other sports. I know that in soccer, there's a lot of, lot of hatred towards players, especially there's a lot of racial hate speech that is against black players, for instance. So it would be great to see if this AI tool can be implemented in other sports as well. So that's kind of where the French Open is progressing towards. So that's the end of today's episode, and I hope it was interesting. Yeah, tennis and no sport is all bright and rosy, and it's important that we talk about it and address these different things that have happened at the tournament. But yeah, so I'm excited for the next episode because I will hopefully be recording live things at Roland Garros if all the technology works out. And it's kind of a guide to visiting the French Open. So hopefully I'll be able to get interviews of fans and people there. But for now, that's the end of the episode and stay tuned for the next one. It will be fun. (laughs) 